Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. Thank you for what the Bible tells us of the life and work of St. Paul and how he spoke of the way God the Father chose his people, how they are forgiven and set free from their sins through Jesus Christ the Son, and how God's great promise is guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. Finally, thank you for the message David will bring us today. We pray for David, Chui, and for all the leaders of our church. Amen. The reading from Ephesians um, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you, you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Well, hello, good morning. Uh, let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We do pray that this morning as we uh, continue to look at Ephesians uh, chapter 1, that it would be a great encouragement to us, regardless of, of whatever we're going through this morning, but that we would be reminded of the way that you have blessed us in every single way through Christ Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me ask you, what gets you excited? Is it buying something new? a Lego set, a car, a tool, a game. Maybe it's sport that gets you excited. The NBA playoffs, the, the footy finals, maybe it's politics. Dan Andrews, daily press conference, the US elections, even the budget. Or is it your family, a child or grandchild's milestones? Or are you excited by overcoming a challenge or achieving something? What gets you excited? Uh, we begin the letter of Ephesians uh, this morning and Paul's excited. He's passionate, as we see in the words uh, from the Bible reading this morning. He's so excited that there's this outburst of praise to God for what he's done. And yet as he writes, Paul is actually sitting in prison. He's chained up, locked away for speaking to people about Jesus. But you see, he doesn't focus on that. He doesn't start there. No, no, no. He doesn't focus on his difficulties, his hardships, his sorrows. He's more excited about the blessings that God has given his people. 
Well, the letter of Ephesians, it was a general letter. It would have been passed around from, from church to church. It's why we don't see the personal names and greetings like we do in some of, the, some of his other letters. But have a look there at that opening verse. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. We see that Paul's an apostle of Christ Jesus. He's been sent by Jesus to proclaim the Lord Jesus. That's what an apostle is, a sent one. And as an apostle, he is to take that message of salvation to the world. We saw that in the book of Acts, that he, Paul, had this special role among the Gentiles, the non-Jews. And this was, was God's will. And Paul, he writes his letter to a Gentile audience, non-Jews. But the language he uses had in the past been reserved exclusively for the Israelites. You see, he calls them God's holy people or saints, depending on your translation. And this is incredible. If we put our Leviticus cap back on, just, just for a minute, we saw there that the Israelites were God's special, distinct, holy people. They were holy like God was holy. But that then, then in Leviticus, that was for Israel exclusively. But, but now we see that it's for Gentiles too. You see, Paul includes the Gentiles as God's holy people, his saints. And so who are the holy ones? Well, they are the faithful in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? They're the ones who have put their faith in the Lord Jesus. They have to believed. And so to be holy, to be a saint, is one who believes in the Lord Jesus. But you see, we might be stating to, to believe that a saint is some extra special reserved title for those people who supposedly do miracles or, or hung out with Jesus when he was around, like St. Mary, our church name, or, or St. John or another apostle, or someone else. But you see, that's not what the word means. We see here that a saint is one who trusts in the Lord Jesus. And so if you believe and trust in the Lord Jesus, you are a saint. And so as we go out to our breakout rooms a bit later, why don't we address each other as, as saints? Saint Yen, Saint Pat, hello, good to see you. Because that is who we are by faith in the Lord Jesus. We are saints. God's holy people. Well, as Paul begins his letter, uh, we see that he's full of praise uh, for God. Have a look there from verse 3. Uh, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Paul begins with this outburst of praise you see in the original language verse 3 all the way to 14 is one long sentence he's so excited he can't stop his excitement for his praise and thanks to god it just bubbles over you know we, when you chat to someone who's got a new car or some new toy and they just can't stop telling you about all its fun features you see uh, paul is so excited about the blessings that god has given his people and it's cause god's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing you see god's given us every spiritual but we miss nothing we lack absolutely we are blessed you see i did some in-depth research this week on being blessed so, yeah, that is i checked social media and the hashtag blessed i discovered that blessed was this 
uh, all important hashtag. It trended for quite a while. And, and people feel blessed, and it's still used today, but people feel blessed because they're super fit and finish some workout. Or they feel blessed because they've got cute kids or ate amazing food or have stacks of money and go on amazing holidays. People feel blessed because they were healthy, wealthy, health, happy, in love. But it felt a bit of a bragging session like, hey, how good am I? Hey, you don't have this. Hashtag blessed. But, but I wonder if as Christians, whether we can get caught up in this same understanding of being blessed. We can think of being blessed in material ways, with wealth, health, success, happiness. And well, these are a blessing from God, and we, and we should give thanks to God for, for these things. They don't end there. You see, we shouldn't just focus on these things as if this is the only way God blesses us. Because it would be like getting fixated on that gift. You know, when you get a Christmas cracker and there's that, that little toy on the inside, a mini yo-yo or bottle opener or whatever it might be, uh, and we get so fixated on that gift, the, the cracker gift, that we ignore the massive gift that is for us under the Christmas tree. You see, God blesses us in the West with countless material blessings. It's true, but that is not all. You see, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing, not a couple, all of them. Sure, we can't see them. They are kept for us in heaven. But these are the blessings that matter. These ones are permanent and can't be taken away by COVID-19, by ill health, by sadness, by grief. You see, they endure no matter what is going on around us. And we need to fix our eyes on these spiritual blessings. And what Paul goes on to explain in the rest of our passage is, is these spiritual blessings. And the first one's there uh, is that we were chosen for adoption. Have a look there uh, from verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. You see, God chose his people, those he'd saved through Jesus before the creation of the world. You see, before God said, let there be light, God had a plan to, to save a the people that he had chosen through his son. Before the world was, God chose who would trust in his Lord, our Lord Jesus. You see, Ephesians makes this clear, doesn't it? That God would choose those who trust him. And we're talking about predestination or election. And you see, countless books have been written on this topic and even more Bible studies have, been, have gone off on tangents trying to discuss it. But we see really clearly here in Ephesians, don't we, that God chose us before the creation of the world. But see, we can struggle with the idea of being chosen. Uh, I decided to choose Jesus. And while that's right, we do choose Jesus, we see here that ultimately God chose us before we chose him. And I wonder if part of our struggle with this is that we want to be in control. We are autonomous uh, and I'll decide, thank you very much, whether I believe or not. And, and this might be why we struggle with the idea of being locked down. Our choices have been limited. Our, our, our control has been stopped. We can't do or see the things we'd normally do. And so we may say, set us free to him. And we may feel that 
the same idea when it comes to being chosen by God. But Ephesians is clear. Before there was anything, God chose us. Notice how Paul sees this as a blessing. He praises God for this because it shows that our lives and our future, well, they are in God's hands. You see, nothing happens by luck or chance. Everything is in God's control. And this is a great encouragement during difficulties and end COVID-19. And you see, God's chosen us, verse 4, to be holy and blameless in his sight. And if God's chosen us to be holy and blameless, and the opposite must have been true without God, on our own, before trusting in Christ, we must have been unholy and blameful, that is, guilty. You see, we were judged and would be guilty as charged, and yet God doesn't treat us like that because he chose us to be holy and blameless. We saw back in Leviticus that that this should drive how we live. We are holy, and so we seek to live holy lives. And we see that in the way that we love God and love our neighbours. We have been chosen, verse 5, predestined for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. God welcomes us into his family. And we get the privilege of being sons And, of course, daughters of the Father in heaven. We're in a privileged position. And it's ours, not because of some fancy footwork we've done, as if we've earned our spot. How could we? How could we when when it was decided before the creation of the world? And the language of adoption shows that this is a free gift uh, from God. You see, we have some friends who recently adopted a one-year-old boy. And while it's been a long and grueling process, you see, as you'd imagine, there's not as many babies adopted these days. But in God's kindness, uh, it finally happened. And while the adoption agency and the foster parents, they, they make the call on who should be offered the child, ultimately it is the parents, our friends, who decided that they wanted this particular child. But never in the process was the child consulted. Hey, what do you think of these guys? Yeah, cool, cool, No, 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 it doesn't, doesn't happen like that. You see, the parents decide, not the child. And it's the same for us. We don't choose to be adopted by God. He chose us. God chose us to be part of his family. Because he has chosen us, because we are part of his family, are adopted by him, we know him intimately. We call the creator of the universe Father. You see, these truths are here to humble us. It's not about us, but about God the Father who chose us to be adopted and included in his family. No wonder Paul is is praising God for these things. Well, let's take a short break, shall we? Uh, God has blessed us in the heavens with every spiritual blessing. And looking at the rest of the passage down to verse 14, what other spiritual gifts has God given us? Thanks. Welcome back. Uh, We've seen from verse 3 that God's blessed us in the heavens with every spiritual blessing. blessing. He has chosen us to be adopted and included in his family. And the next spiritual blessing that's ours is that we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Have a look here from verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, 
in accordance with the riches of his grace. We have redemption. Now, redemption means to be freed or liberated from uh, imprisonment or bondage. And the way that's done normally is through a ransom price. A ransom is paid, which leads to one being redeemed. And so when someone is kidnapped and a million dollar is demanded for their ransom, for for them to be set free, uh, the million dollar ransom price is paid for their redemption. And we see here that the ransom price, do you see that, is his blood. That is Jesus in his death on the cross. But the outcome's amazing because uh, it's the forgiveness of sins. You see, the blood of Jesus, his death, it liberates us. It sets us free for the forgiveness of sins. But the fact that we have redemption now shows that we were imprisoned, in bondage to sin. You see, the life we lived before Christ was away from God, against God. It was an offence to God. And God took that offence seriously. To reject God, our maker and a judge, was to face, well, is to face uh, punishment and death. But see, in God's great love, he willingly gave us his son to die in his place, that his blood would wash us clean that we could be forgiven. But you see, God doesn't just sweep it under the carpet to kind of hide it away. No, 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 no. He, he can't do that. Sin must be punished. The price must be paid. He just graciously, kindly provides his son to pay that ransom price, which he does through his death, his blood. And we are redeemed for the forgiveness of sins. You see, your sin will be punished. But will you be the one who takes the punishment for your sin? Or will you trust Jesus, who willingly takes it for you? Well, here is another spiritual blessing from God. Redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Well, the next spiritual blessing we've received, well, it's, uh, it is that God reveals to us his plan for unity in Christ. You see, to reveal the mystery of his will. And that is to unite all things together under Christ. Have a look there from verse 9. He made known to us the mystery of his will, which is according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be fulfilled, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. Two, this is the mystery, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth, heaven and on earth under Christ. You see, God lays out his plans here. Like an architect or engineer might lay out their plans for a project. God's plan? To bring everything together under under the lordship of Jesus. You see, as God's adopted children, he lets, in, lets us in on his plans. He reveals his intimate mystery of his will. It's been hidden for ages and revealed now. You see, he's pleased. And he's glad to tell us. And the plan is to unite all things in the universe, absolutely everything in heaven and on earth, and it will all be under Christ. And it's, and it's the bringing to order of and harmony of the universe, where Jesus is the Lord over everything, and it's reconciliation of all things to him as their head, both those who are willing and unwilling under the Lordship of Christ, that absolutely everything will be under his rule. But you see, here's the thing. While Jesus is already Lord over everything, it's not yet fully realised by everyone. 
You see, we still struggle, we sin, we still deny God in the way we live at times. There's still much opposition against God in the world. Satan continues to deny people. And so while all things have been united in Christ, it's still to find its ultimate fulfillment uh, seen by all in his return. We see that in verse 10, when the times reach their fulfillment. So it's still to be fulfilled and fully realised. You see, it's now the, it's the conundrum of the now and not yet. You see, it is true now that Christ is Lord over all, that all things have been united in Christ through his death and resurrection. But it's not yet because it hasn't been fully realised yet. That time will come. God reveals to us his plans, the, the mystery kept hidden, and it is to bring all things united in unity underneath Christ's lordship. But how will it be put into effect? See that first thing? Well, the mystery is revealed as the gospel is spoken, as it is proclaimed. You see, God's plan to unite all things under Christ, that was revealed as people spoke about Jesus. We know this truth, and, and the original readers, those uh, uh, who first heard this, they knew this truth because someone else told them, told us first. So it's as the gospel, the good news of salvation is spoken, that people come to see that all things are united under uh, Jesus' lordship. Which really leads us to the next point. How, how is it that we become God's people? We'll have a look there from verse uh, 13. Uh, uh, but we actually discovered in our discipleship teams uh, this week that it's actually a lot clearer in the ESV. So I'll, I'll actually read from, from that translation here. Have a look here. Uh, in him, you also, uh, when you heard the word or message of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him. You see, we heard the word, the message, and we believed. That is how we were saved. You see, the gospel in which we heard and believed, it is a message. It is spoken and declared. You see, the gospel isn't a way of life. It's not a bunch of morals or philosophies by how we live. No, no, no. It is a message. It is a spoken word that is heard and then believed. And the, and the word tells us truths about Jesus which leads to being rescued, saved, salvation. And so it's a very powerful message that demands a response, and that is to believe. But you see, we're not saved because we've somehow earned it, like we've somehow earned enough brownie points or, or snuck in somehow. No, 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 it is a free gift. But you see, there's another blessing here. You see, when we hear and believe, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Again, from verse 13, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You see, there's this tension we have as believers. You know, do you feel like you have every single uh, spiritual blessing in the heavens every minute of every day? Do you feel like you've, you've got it? Well, to be honest, no. There'll be days that we really struggle where sin continues to, to persist in our lives and we, and we feel distant and far away from God. But you see, God gives us a guarantee here, a trustworthy assurance that, that we have every spiritual blessing. You see, he gives us the Holy Spirit. He's the guarantee that we won't lose our spiritual blessing because God dwells and lives within us. 
through the Holy Spirit. And the first thing we see about the Holy Spirit is he's a, he's a mark. He's a seal, like a, like a wax seal that we might see in the movie. You know where wax is poured of an envelope and they put a seal to mark it? And that, that seal is to say, well, this is my letter. It's the same with the, the branding of a cow with a, with a farmer. This is my cow. But I wonder if Michael Jordan actually might be able to help us out here. You see, Jordan made Nike uh, who they are today. But when he played for the national team at the Olympics, uh, the American national team or the American Olympic team was sponsored by Reebok, Nike's competitor. But Jordan, who only wanted to be branded and marked by Nike, didn't want to wear the gear. But he had to. He was told he had to wear the stuff. Do you know what he did? He draped a flag over the symbol. He draped it over so, so the symbol couldn't be seen. He was still branded and marked by his beloved Nike seal. But you see, God marks us from the inside with the Holy Spirit. And that mark says, is God saying, I own you. You are mine. You are one of my children. And the second thing the Spirit does in, in verse 14 is that he's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. He's like a, a small in, installment of what's to come, a, a down payment, like we might pay a deposit on a, on a house or a car. We give it a small amount of the actual total, and that small amount is like a guarantee. We'll buy this thing in full. Uh, and then a sold sticker is stuck on the front board out the front. Well, God gives his spirit to guarantee that there is more to come. When Jesus returns, there will be abundantly more in our inheritance. And so how do we become God's people? Well, we hear the message and we believe, we trust in the Lord Jesus. And it's by the work of the Holy Spirit. And finally, why does God make us his people? You see, you've got to ask, don't you? Why would God give us every spiritual blessing in the heavens? Why would he choose us, adopt us, redeem us, reveal his plans to unite all things together? Why would he choose us like this? And tell us these things and bless us in these ways. Well, we see it there in verse 4, don't we? In love. You see, he loved us before he'd even made us. Before the creation of the world. In fact, he made us to love us. He loved us even though he knew what we were like. He knew we would sin and rebel against him. And he still loved us and sent us his son, Jesus, to die in our place, to redeem us by his blood. You see, he loved us. And he also does it, not because of us, but for him, for his glory. Did you notice that? Three times we see this repeated line, to the praise of his glorious grace. We see it there in verse 6, verse 12, verse 14, to the praise of of his glory and it's so that we won't stop giving thanks praising god for what he's done you see god's the center of the universe not us and when we see him for who he is as the creator sustainer savior uh, and, and praise him for it uh, we live our lives in service of him so that others will know this truth too and as we do that, we are living to the praise of his glory. 
You see, God blessed us with every spiritual blessing. We have it all. We lack nothing. And Paul tells us, as he bubbles with excitement, uh, are you as excited as Paul is about these blessings? Because these are the blessings that truly matter. Let us respond to God's blessings too, to the praise of his glorious grace. Shall we pray? Let's pray. Father, we praise you, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because you have blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Father, you chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless, to be adopted as as your sons, as your children. You uh, saved us to uh, through redemption, the forgiveness of sins, and, you, and you've revealed to us uh, the mystery of your will to bring all things in Christ. Father, you have given us your spirit, guaranteeing, marking us that there is more to come. Father, these are abundant blessings from you, and we thank you so much for them. Help us remember these always. Help us remember to be grateful and to be singing and, and saying your praises and encouraging one another that um, that you have blessed us in these amazing ways. Help us remember these always in, in the good times, but also in the difficult times too, that you love us and have given us these wonderful things. Father, to the praise of your glorious grace. Amen.